0: Disclaimer, this recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jacqueline here. Today, we're going to be talking about the top five reasons why calorie counting is not very helpful for you and your long-term sustainable eating. Really, we're going to talk about why calorie counting isn't the most accurate tool to use when you want to monitor your food and monitor it accurately. It's not very sustainable, and it's actually not a very um, good long-term for a lot of different reasons. We're going to go over the top reasons today, and then we're also going to go over best methods you can use that aren't calorie counting and aren't going to lead to obsessiveness and are just overall more sustainable in my opinion and some other people's opinions and you can do with that what you will but first I wanted to read a really kind review from a client why she wrote a review so I didn't to she's a little biased and so she works with me but I still thought it was very sweet and she says this podcast saved my life Jacqueline goes above and beyond in this podcast. She's literally the hardest working, most dedicated, compassionate, and understanding human being. Also look into Jacqueline's coaching service and recovery course, a huge, huge step in my recovery. So that was so sweet of her to say, I thought I'd read it here. um, And I appreciate her saying that. And then also on top of that, those of you guys that caught the webinar, how not to binge, Um, on Tuesday. Thank you for showing up. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed recording it for you guys and hosting it and all that sort of stuff. And for you guys that sign up for the webinar, you should have a replay copy in your um, inboxes and your emails that you signed up with. If you don't email me or check your spam folder first, and then if it's not there, email me. I'll get one to you. And then also, if you'd like a copy of that replay, you can sign up in the uh, podcast description below. And there's usually a link in my Instagram bio to download that. And that was a really helpful webinar. I went over everything from you know why you want to binge, all the reasons behind that, what's actually going on in your body. And then um, best practices for actually not binging. How do you handle an urge? How do you interrupt that habit loop? And then we talk about some uh, other practical tips and real life client examples. So yeah, you can check that out in the podcast description below. Okay, calorie counting. For those of you guys out there, that are just, you know, like putting your phone down and pretending like the calorie counting app isn't there who always see the calories and every single food and are always adding up in your head, even though you say, I'm not calorie counting. I hear you. I see you. I acknowledge you. It's okay. I understand. A lot of the reasons people count calories and they find it so useful is they want to be accurate. And they also want to monitor their food to make sure they're not over-consuming or under-consuming. It goes both ways. Calorie counting can have its place. And I'll talk about who calorie counting is best for and maybe when are the best times to actually use it and utilize it. It's not all bad. It's not devil worship. But calorie counting can have some real detrimental effects on not only your um, mental health, but just your health in general. And I'm going to talk about why it's not the best practice to actually calorie count and what are some better things. So first thing for you hardcore calorie counters, the main thing people like about calorie counting is they can know. They can for sure know that it's accurately what they're intaking. There are no ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's very numbers, scientifically based. Um, This is energy in versus energy out. I'm here to tell you, this is going to be very disappointing. I was devastated when I actually, wasn't devastated because I was in a good spot, but I was really shocked when I found this out. I'm studying to be a new precision nutrition coach, and I was reading this chapter. I was shocked because they had a whole section about calorie counting And calories, um, calorie counting is actually very much so off. Calorie measurements can be off, not just with how you um, perceive calorie counting, which we'll talk about in a bit, but there's actual inaccuracies for food labeling and what people measure, like restaurants measuring their food and stuff like that. In fact, food labels can be off, not only can they manipulate calories such as subtracting fiber from the carb content of the food, hopefully I'm describing that right, but um, that will then make the overall calorie content less. They can subtract the fiber. However, the calories are still the same. Um, they can get away with that in a lower carb count when really the carbs are just fiber. Therefore, they can do that. In fact, this is so common um, and accounted for. The FDA actually allows up to a 20% margin of error within calorie counts or um, nutritional labels in food. Food labels and estimates can be off by as much as 25% which is jarring. Um, Frozen frozen foods can be off as much by 8% um, on average than the calorie or the nutritional label package suggests the serving sizes and the nutrition that goes with it. Um, And restaurants can be off by as much as 18%. Which is staggering. Just (laughs) really like it takes anyone who feels very secure about calories, very like safe because they're counting, just kind of crushes them because then they have to account for the margin of error, and they they have no idea what to do, how to measure it accurately, unless they're maybe absolutely eating only whole foods, but probably not. And even then, that measurement can be off. And if you're, not, that's just accounting for, um, you know, nutritional labels and what we label calories on food. Food estimates, basically, energy estimates of food. But it also depends on how that food is cooked. That can change the actual calorie absorption. So you can get more energy from cooked food than you can from whole raw food. That sort of stuff. No, I'm not saying to only exclusively eat raw food. Don't do that. It's good to cook your food and digest that energy. But how food is processed, how food is cooked, how you manipulate it actually changes the um, energy absorption and how much energy you can physically take from that food, Um, which is just really interesting to think about. But then also you take the nutritional labeling inaccuracy, Gadgets and things that we use to measure our calorie needs per day can be off by a wide percent, about twenty-five percent or more. Specifically, when it comes to gadgets that measure our um, electronics that measure um, your calorie needs for the day, generally they take in um, your heart rate and your height and your weight and your daily activity level. Maybe they take in your steps. Obviously, the ones that only take in your height and body weight are going to be the most inaccurate, but still the ones that take in your heart rate, your um, activity level, there's still going to be some margin of error. You really don't know. And this is because um, food, your energy requirements aren't just based on your activity level and your body weight. Yes, that is part of it. That's That's a decent part of it but it's also based on your basal metabolic rate, your resting metabolic rate, your thermogenesis, your heat production. Take me for example, I'm a colder person. My, my temperature literally runs lower than most people on average. And it, my, my hands are only warm on a rare occasion if I'm doing lots of activity or something. Otherwise, my external limbs just don't get a lot of heat, um, which sucks for me, but it is the case. And then you take my boyfriend, he's a lot warmer always burning off extra energy just by the heat production that he has going on alone. Therefore, and you know, it, let's say we were exactly the same in calorie energy, but he is wasting more energy by producing heat than I am. I am conserving more energy. Therefore, a calorie intake just on that alone is different, Um, but if you just plug into a calculator or you have a gadget monitoring you, it's still not gonna take that into account. And then you have things like activity and movement, both purposeful and non-purposeful. Take me, for example, I exercise five to six times a week, going to the gym, I take spin classes, all that sort of stuff, but then my job is very inactive. I sit down or stand up at my desk and work here and then I chill out with my boyfriend. So I have, you know, one to two to three hours a day where I'm pretty active. And then the rest of the day I'm very, sluggish and just chill and not using a lot of activity. Um, So that all changes your calories requirement, uh, changes your calorie requirements. Also your muscle tissue, your healing and growth of that muscle tissue. Are you um, damaging your muscles a lot and regrowing? Do you, are you healing from something? Are you pregnant? All those things are going to affect your actual energy requirements or just your body's regeneration rate. As you grow older, uh, you tend to require less, partly because you're not regenerating as much. Um, And then you want to take into account stress, recovery, sleep. That's all affecting your energy requirements. Um, Even excretion, that affects your energy requirements and how much energy you're burning, meaning how much you need as well. Um, Your hormonal status, let's say your thyroid is off, your leptin, your ghrelin, those hormones are really going to affect your desire for food and how much you actually need all those things, and then there's also genetic factors um, that affect actually how much energy you need. So just plugging it into a calorie estimator, it's still gonna be wildly off. Um, precision nutrition actually has a really in-depth um calorie and energy requirement estimate. But it's funny when I put in my um they asked for my body weight and my height and everything, and it was funny the estimate that they put me at for my body fat completely wrong and off. They put me at a much higher body fat than what I actually am. Um, and you know, we can be a little overgenerous with what we think our body fat is, but I know I wasn't the body fat that they told me I was, which is just funny. Um, So that alone, they were inaccurate. And then they also put me at probably a higher calorie maintenance than what I believe I'm currently eating. I don't eat that amount of calories, but who knows? But it's just interesting that they chose that for me, even though I put like light activity just to make it a little bit more reasonable. So all in all, you can be tracking as much as possible with calories, but then the calorie deviation and your energy requirement, you can't fully know what all you require unless you are hooked up to a bazillion machines monitoring you all day and all night and much more advanced than your Apple watch can tell you. So that alone, like calories, aren't the most accurate way to measure your energy needs. And they're not the most reliable way to measure them. They don't account for all the little intricacies that you actually need as a person and an individual. However, they can be a good general estimate. I'm not going to say that they're completely off, but they're just all of these things from the inaccurate labels to not really knowing how much you actually need. It's not necessarily the best basis for understanding how much you should be getting and planning your whole nutritional needs around it. And then you go to the second reason, which is humans tend to be inaccurate of what we perceive we're eating when with what we're actually eating. Therefore we tend to report um, we tend to overestimate or underestimate our calories. Unless you are being one of those people and I used to be one of those people too who's measuring weighing daily gram by gram, I still have that skill somewhere. I don't use it anymore, <laughs> but I had a you know one that's measuring gram by gram, ounce by ounce, um, every single little thing that you're getting in, then maybe, maybe you're at least accounting for the, um, you're measuring correctly and you're actually taking it all in, but then you have the problem of the calories just not being accurate in general to begin with. So even though you're taking proper measurements, it doesn't even count, but most people can be off by, again, this is a staggering figure, but 1000 calories per day. So funny. I'm probably I probably fit more into that, too. Um, When I was counting calories, I'd always be upset that I wasn't losing weight unless I was hyper vigilant about it, which is like measuring every single thing I had from my protein shake to, um, you know, how many pieces of broccoli I was eating. Uh, I wouldn't really lose weight while I was calorie counting because I was probably uh, underestimating how much I was eating by a long shot without realizing it, especially sneaky little things people grab, people just aren't aware. It might even, I would always just kind of try to lie to myself, but a lot of people, they just don't realize how much they're eating because they're not used to keeping track of it in general. And that brings us into the next thing that I don't like about calorie counting is if you want to um, take full advantage of calorie counting, the best way where you can get the full benefits of either maintaining your weight, losing weight, or gaining muscle mass or gaining weight, whatever your purposes are with calorie counting you have to be super on it and tedious and tracking it constantly, be weighing things constantly, be logging it constantly, and know exactly what's in your food. Um, it's really hard to go to a restaurant that doesn't have um, doesn't count calories, and even then they can be off and be completely on top of your game. Uh, it just doesn't seem like a sustainable thing long term. And when you get super tedious on that stuff, you tend to become hyper fixated. And all of a sudden you have so much knowledge of how many calories are in food. It's taking up a lot of bandwidth in your head that are probably better to go with other things. Super tedious, super annoying. It's going to take a lot of effort and energy. And you can't just casually go out with people as much. If you do go out with people, you're going to have to be really careful about what you eat or just not to eat at all, because it's going to be highly inaccurate. And who wants to say no to social events? This brings me into my fourth point, which is it's not very sustainable long-term. If you have to be working this hard all the time for calorie counting, that sort of stuff, unless you are um, a top athlete trying to be in their peak physical performance shape, um, you're a competitive athlete, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, you probably don't need to be counting these calories and be paying this much attention to your food. And if you are, you're either going to get burnt out or you're going to live a really small life. It's not very sustainable. It's really hard to keep that up all the time, 24-7. You're break at some point, And then you're going to beat yourself up for breaking when any normal human being would break over that because it's so tiring, so obsessive to require and keep upkeep. If you can't see yourself doing it for the rest of your life, don't do it in the first place. Don't start it up in the first place. Um, you should only do it if you are okay with it being a short-term thing. And that's all it is knowing that it's an end in sight, or you just tend to be one of the very small percentage of people that can upkeep it for a long time. For me, time and time again, I have not been able to upkeep calorie counting for a long period of time. Just haven't been able to do it. Maybe that is me and who I am as a person. Um, maybe I'm just a numbers gal as much. I don't know. I think I'm pretty good with uh, self-discipline as time has gone on, but that to me, it just gets tiresome. It is really, it seems like always a waste of my time to write things in and log them and stuff like that. I really don't enjoy that not very fun time. And then the last thing that I find that is not great about calorie counseling, that's probably the most detrimental to your mental health and your long-term, maybe physical health as well, is that it creates this relationship where you rely on external validation, external tools to measure what you should be eating, and then you are ignoring and therefore atrophying. You're not using um, your own intuitive built-in programming that will allow you to determine whether you're hungry or not satisfied or not, whether you're eating or not. Now, that is not to say that our own intuitive senses can be manipulated and can be off. Our bodies get things wrong all the time, just like my body's ability to not heat up my hands properly all the time. You know, not Your body doesn't get everything right all the time. And if you were to eat, you know, let's say a frozen custard, my client was just talking about this the other day. She was talking about how she saw the calories on accident for a frozen custard cup um, that she was having with her friends. And it was 800 calories for what I'm guessing is a small custard cup. She said, I ate the whole thing. I didn't feel full at all. I could have kept on eating. I could have ate a lot more. And I felt really guilty. And I said, yeah, of course you're able to eat the whole thing. Custard is a really calorie dense, high energy thing. It's just liquid fat with sugar, which isn't bad or good, but you're not going to get filled up on that. A lot of our intuitive cues are not only based on you know the, the energy of the food, but it's based on the volume of the food, the texture, the satisfaction Custard, it's not really, it it tricks a lot of your intuitive senses. So, You can be off. However, even with that in mind, I find that when I have extra calorie dense, things like that, if I wait a little while, the energy actually catches up because you do eventually process that fat. You just don't feel full right away from it. You don't feel satisfied right away from it. But then later on, my body tends to self-correct as yours might do as well. Maybe not, especially if you have some issues going on with your thyroid, your leptin, your ghrelin, that could be attributing to it, making your body less reliable. And therefore I'd recommend Seeing a hormonal specialist, um, an endocrinologist. However, still, let's take all those oddities. A lot of us have a built-in sensor of how much food we should be eating, and calorie counting can really mess that up. Um, The most sustainable way I have found long-term is to really go off um, my baseline nutritional knowledge knowing what's in foods, trying to eat predominantly larger portion of whole foods, still including some junk food here and there, some fun foods, some, some chocolate and some peanut butter and some cake, but also relying on my hunger and satiety cues to the best of my knowledge and ability, and then relying on how I feel as well as a good reference. I'll talk later in this episode about what are my best monitoring skills, but I'll just say this right here and there, trust me, my intuitive senses has been the best and most sustainable way that I found to monitor my energy intake long-term. And it's always what I fall back on when all else fails. And I know a lot of people tend to do better on that too. It's not all, and there are, during this whole list, there are some people that love calorie counting and macro counting seems to work for them, but the majority of people, it seems like that's not the best long-term solution. And there are some people that um, really do well on a more structured diet plan, or they do better eating predominantly whole foods. There's some people that they need to cut out. um, There's some people that they do better just off sugar completely. That is a whole thing. I know that that's a little dangerous word to say here because some of you guys I know can be a little bit too restrictive and then you think, yeah, I'll just cut all the sugar out and that creates um, the pendulum to swing the other way and then you're completely off the, tra- off the rails. However, take all of this with a grain of salt. You're gonna, you are gonna, need to know what's best for you. But here are the reasons, like all these five reasons. This is why calorie counting isn't the best way to measure your, um, your energy intake. It can be a good tool though. And I'm going to say right now what calorie counting could be useful for who probably needs to consider calorie counting and use it either short-term or long-term and um, you know some of the benefits of it. And I will say really quickly before I move on to that point that um, the ability to be able to judge your energy intake based solely on your intuitive eating signals, meaning your hunger and satiety, um, your own desires for food is one of the most valuable skills you can learn in health, I really believe. It's so, so important to uh, what I found to be an intuitive eater. It's been one of those valuable skills I could have learned in my own eating and body and health journey. It really makes you a whole lot more confident with how you feel with food. You don't feel nervous. You know you can make the right decision for you and any food situation, whether you get dropped off at Kentucky Fried Chicken and they don't have any vegetables that day, or you are in in the fair or something like that, you can still make proper health decisions. And you can also eat cheesecake randomly and be okay. Uh, It's the most valuable skill you can learn that calorie counting will not teach you. Calorie counting makes you reliant on calorie counting, um, intuitive eating and making, let's like, I'm gonna steal from Jordan Ross here, but empowered intuitive eating decisions can be a much better tool for you long-term. And it's probably going to be your fail-safe, especially if your calorie counting app is not with you that day. All right, so who should really count calories? When is it appropriate? So people that should count calories are first and number one, the most common thing is for competitive athletes or people trying to get in their elite, most peak physical performance shape. Generally people are, that are competitors, maybe bikini competitors or bodybuilding show competitors those people are probably going to have to calorie count, um, to get the, to the leanness that they are wanting to get to, or maybe it's like a weightlifting show or something, or it's competitive. Like I'm sure a lot of those Olympic athletes, not, you know, maybe not all of them, but they're at least following probably some sort of meal plan. They weren't just eating tons of pizza before they went running maybe, but I doubt it. That's going to be an awful, if I had pizza right before I had to do a major sprint, I would have an awful, awful time. So those types of people probably are counting calories, especially like um, people that are trying to get in peak uh, their leanest of lean to get to that level of leanness. Not only it's the competitor level leanness, you're not supposed to be that stay that lean all year round. It's not very healthy for you. You're not at an optimal hormone level at that point. Um, it's not great for you, especially for females, but for males too. Um, most things, your sex drive goes down, your cognitive function goes down, your hormones go down, all that sort of stuff. Um, but if you want to get that lean and you can, that's where calorie counting comes into play. If you're just an average person, definitely wouldn't recommend calorie counting for that, but to get to that level of leanness, there's really no room for error. There's really, you eat on the meal plan, if you deviate at all, you're not going to get to that level of leanness at that point. Um, Maybe some chance if you have really elite genetics for some reason in that regard, but probably not. Another really good um, reason to calorie count, um, at least temporarily, could be if you were concerned about your nutrition. So I occasionally will use chronometer, not all the time, but maybe like once every three months now. I haven't used it in probably four months actually. But if I ever am worried or kind of want to check in where I am nutritionally, I'll just plug in a day that I had to see what I'm actually getting. Am I lacking in any nutrients? Um, especially if I'm having weird cravings, and that's a good thing. Especially to I try to be at least like 80% plant-based so um, it's not that plant-based people don't get enough nutrition in. I hate when people say that. Plant-based uh, people actually get a lot more nutrients in than what the average average people eat. However, you can be off on some things such as iron. So um, and then I also tend to have trouble getting protein in just because I don't tend to like protein foods. I tend to really like, carby and fatty foods in general. So it's, I lean towards those more often. So occasionally I'll plug those in, but once in a rare blue moon or whatever, it's very unlikely, but that can be a good reason to check on um, your nutrition, plug in those calories, don't make a habit of it. And if you feel like you're not in a place to be really trusted with seeing that information, I feel comfortable I trust myself not to go down the rabbit hole of being super unsustainable and hyper fixated on food. So I I allow myself to check it, but you can um, work with a registered dietitian or a nutritionist and actually have them check your macros and your nutritional content, make sure that you're actually getting what you need um, and they'll plug it all in for you. So you don't even have to to see the numbers and that could be a handy thing for you to do. The other thing that can be helpful for um, that if you are in a place where you are just trying to recover from bulimia, don't do this. This is not necessary for you. Um, and, and I wouldn't recommend it to most people who struggle with eating disorders. But for people that are general who need it there, need to make a change, they don't feel very good, they don't feel very healthy, and they have no nutritional knowledge of food, calorie counting can be a really good thing temporarily, just to show them how nutritionally dense some foods are and how um, some foods aren't nutritionally dense at all. A lot of people have no idea. Um, I, because of you know all my disordered eating and then my career path, I and my interests, I know a lot about what it, you know what an avocado contains versus a uh, Mars bar. Um, but someone who doesn't have any nutritional knowledge, it might be good for them to track their calories just for three days. To see oh this actually had a lot more energy and a lot more sugar than i realized Um, maybe that's why i feel so crappy and actually i didn't realize what this had in it and oh interesting this says this cool it can be an educational experience and while you know my calorie counting uh kind of affected me negatively it also is beneficial i have a lot of knowledge on what foods contain which also makes it easier for me to make better intuitive decisions because i do Use my nutritional knowledge as well. I'm not just going to, you know, try to be satisfied and um, meet my satisfaction and hunger, satiety cues with cake exclusively. I know that I need to add other things in there. Uh, I love that in the um, intuitive eating book by Evelyn Trolley, she talks about how you need to include different voices in your intuitive eating journey. And one of those voices is the nutritionist voice. You just can't, you want to make sure they're not too loud and too orderly and bossy, but you also definitely want to include them or you're probably not going to feel super good all the time. And then the last reason that you might want to check on your calories is if you're constantly hungry or you're constantly full, maybe something's going on. Now this could be a hormonal issue that has nothing to do with what you're eating, but the first thing's come to first, maybe you just want to check on how much are you actually eating. I often do this with ca- with clients. I don't, you know, tell them the calories. But if they're constant, if they're like ravenous all the time or they are um, full all the time or something, they're feeling really sluggish. I just ask them for a general, like, what did you eat today? And what did you eat yesterday? Let's just run down exactly what you're eating. And I can roughly estimate for them without telling them you're eating this. Like one client I had, she was... um, Binging, or so she thought, late at night. What was actually happening is she was not eating nearly enough during the day. She was getting, she was meeting her nutritional requirements at night. She wasn't actually binging. It just felt like that. It was technically a binge, but she was actually making up for the calories she didn't get during the day. She was having what a normal person of her size and activity level, general estimate, as you guys know earlier, um, should need or require per day because she didn't really realize that she felt so guilty and it's like no wonder you're binging at night you really need that food your body's trying to make up for that food right here and right now so that is when it could be helpful if you're feeling constantly like you can never have enough food ravenous all the time um that's just a sign to eat more and try that but if you really feel like you're eating a lot um, then it might be helpful to check the calories. And if you think that you're eating like an astronomical amount, and then you're still always hungry, definitely go see a doctor. And likewise, if you are eating a really small amount of food, but you're constantly full, still maybe be a good um, chance to go to the doctor and talk to someone because it could be a sign that there's something more going on there. I tested my thyroid um, a while ago just to make sure because I do feel like for me, I um, don't have the best metabolism. And uh, I just feel like I, I had a lot of symptoms that suggested hyperthyroidism or hypothyroidism. However, everything turned out to be fine. So I think I just run a little slower maybe. However, it's still better safe than sorry. And there's lots of um, places you can send uh, blood results in and they you don't even have to go to the doctor. you can just send this test in. So um, yeah, try that. But those can be the reasons. So if you're a competitive, hyper-elite athlete um, trying to get low for a competition or something like that, um, or be, be in peak performance, it can be an educational experience if you have no nutritional knowledge whatsoever for a temporary state counting calories, but generally not the best for anyone that's recovering who has an eating disorder history, um, unless you're like me and you feel completely confident in yourself to be able to do that. Um, so it is possible, but I wouldn't recommend it if you're still trying to recover. If you were constantly full of hunger, you feel like something's off, or uh, if you were concerned about your nutritional needs, especially if you feel like you're having a lot of weird cravings, um, or you feel really low on energy and stuff like that, could be a sign that you're missing something in your diet and would be good to just check on that to make sure you're not missing some huge nutrient. Um, common things people tend to be low on are things like uh, iron, B12, zinc, magnesium, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D. Uh, A lot of those things people tend to be low on um, just naturally. Okay. Now what are the best ways to self-monitor? You're like, Jacqueline, okay, I'm really distraught about how inaccurate calorie counting is, but I'm willing to maybe monitor in a different way. How else do you do that? Well, my ways of monitoring have changed. Right now, I don't even write down what to eat for the day. My best way to monitor food now is I tend to have... Go-to meals in the fridge. Like I do a little bit of meal prepping. Maybe I'll make a chili or a stew that we can eat throughout the week, um, so that I always have some some sort of food that I can grab to. Um, I usually tend to keep like frozen broccoli and eggs in the fridge. Like I love making microwave frozen broccoli and eggs with like a little bit of olive oil and salt and pepper on top. That's one of my go-to breakfasts. Um, or I have oats that I can grab basically over the years, I have um, accumulated staples that I really enjoy eating. I know I like, and they also have um, good nutritional uh, health benefits. I also tend to do things like I know I have trouble getting protein. So I have a really dense protein milk. That's my plant-based milk, but I put in my oats, I put in my coffee. So I know I'm meeting those, I'm getting sneaky ways in without really thinking about it. I basically have set up my food and fridge and stuff like that to Anything I grab, I know it's going to be cool and know it's going to serve me. I know I like it. It tastes good, all that sort of stuff. And then I also have a few things like we've got some brownie mix. If we want to make some brownies, Um, I do have some ice cream in the freezer, that sort of stuff. I've just tried to be careful about having um, my actual meal first. So I'm not trying to fill up exclusively on ice cream. That wouldn't be very sustainable. It wouldn't feel very good. Um, but I do have some junk food there as well, but I also try to make sure I have more whole foods and healthy foods readily available and easy to make if I need it um, or already prepared, and I have more of those than I have junk food to turn to just because simply it's not that I don't trust myself, but I'm still a human being. We're going to go with what's easiest, what's most quickly available and what's there. If it's there, you're probably going to grab for it, reach about it, at least think about it. So I've set up my kitchen and my life to be really sustainable, healthy, enjoyable eating all around. And I don't have to make many food choices anymore. And then how I monitor my intake is I go roughly based on how I feel. So um, I tend to know that when I am hungry, I feel a little bit lightheaded. I feel like there's definitely some stomach pains going on and I feel just lower energy in general. And I start thinking about food a bit more. That's when I tend to be hungry. Yours may be different. You're going to have to learn over time by experimenting. I know I'm full or satiated when I feel like there's a little bit of food in my stomach. I have I feel like my hunger signals have dissipated. They've gone away. I feel a little bit more energetic and I feel ready to go. I don't feel weighed down, tired, fatigued. Um, like my, my stomach isn't max capacity. It just feels okay. feels like there's food there. That's how I know I'm satiated and I feel all right. And I also tend to include whole foods as well. So I'm not just exclusively trying to fill up on custard or something like that. Cause then it would be harder to trust my intuitive signals. Other people recommend though. I, I did this in the beginning. Sometimes i take pictures of what I was eating or keeping a general food log. Just like, this is what I've ate throughout the day. Especially if you have no idea what you're eating that could be helpful, Um, but I don't do it anymore. So I, again, don't think it's a good long-term thing. Eventually I'd like everyone to get to where I'm at and further just a full-on intuitive eater. Um, You can look at your portion sizes. You could look at, um, I sometimes like to look at meal prep services because they'll show portion sizes on their website that can give you a general idea of, oh, that's what a normal portion size looks like for someone However, they don't contain calories or they maybe they'll contain calories, but you don't have to look at it, but some of them won't even contain calories and that's helpful to see. So this is what normal people eat. This is maybe what I should try to aim for. Um, you could also send what you eat to someone else. You could, again, you could work with a nutritionist or registered dietitian and they might give you some good recommendations on what to eat. And you can use hand measurements um, if you're really worried, like precision nutrition. I don't do this, but they recommend like palm-sized portion for protein thumb size portion for, um, fats, uh, and then a cup full version of, uh, of your hand for, um, carbs and then a fist size for, uh, vegetables of portion size. And then you multiply that depending on your, uh, nutritional needs, but that can be something that you can roughly gauge what's a proper portion size of this. Um, And then also just mindful eating. You know How I came to know those hunger and satiety cues is mainly through trying to pay attention and also making mistakes. I was willing to overeat occasionally so that I could actually experience what it's like to overeat and understand that and say, oh, last time I overate, this is what it was like. Now I know actually where my limits are and we're going to test out a different limit this time. Unfortunately, I wish it was an easy process, but you are going to have to learn through trial and error by trying to trust yourself with your intuitive skills and learning when you do accidentally overeat sometime, oh, I ate too much. That was the best thing I did for myself was letting myself accidentally overeat, undereat and realize, oh, that's actually what hunger feels like. Although that was really boredom this time. Eventually, when you start trusting those inner cues combined with eating nutritionally smart, I guess I might say, you know, having a little little bit of junk food, having a little healthy food, combining it. When you start to hone in all those skills, it really creates kind of beautiful, sustainable um, eating habit for you. But you have to be willing to trust yourself to make mistakes when it comes to food because you will. And that those are the perfect times for you to learn your own intuitive body and what it actually needs. I hope you guys realize. I hope this episode, first of all, has been informative in terms of you know, if you're really dead set on calorie counting, thinking that it's all your everything for monitoring food, it's really not. There's lots of different ways to monitor your food, and a lot of them come from you and your own internal compass of am I full? Am I am I uncomfortably full? Start trying to think of your last meal. How satisfied did you feel? Did you sit down for it? Did you eat a little slowly? Were you paying attention, or were you distracted and frantic and you know, going so many miles? from minute that you couldn't even pay attention to your cues. Keep trying to think back, keep trying to learn and pay attention. You will eventually get to your own happy medium and maybe you will combine some calorie counting in there. Who knows, it's gotta be up to you, but hopefully now you're at least more informed on what, you know, the inaccuracies that actually go on with calorie counting. And maybe you can find a better, more sustainable way to monitor your food. It's gonna be a journey for you, but I assure you it's well worth it. And not being attached to calorie counting was one of the best things I ever did for my eating journey. Okay, I hope you have a lovely weekend out there. I have really worked hard this week to make sure that I don't have any work starting um, Friday afternoon, and I'm not doing any work at all over the weekend other than some um, posts that I've already created, and mainly I'm just gonna disconnect. So I hope you can give yourself that opportunity to do the same because a few days of peace are so, so important. Stay tuned for the next episode and check out my Instagram for some announcements. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com recovery course.